the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Let's bring in our regular Thursday guest for commentary and analysis, Dr. Everett Piper, who is a past university president. He is a best-selling author two times over. He is a weekly columnist for the Washington Times and a podcast host of The Rebellion in Oklahoma. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. I hope you're doing well, too. I am as well, and I can see that you were really moved by uh, the article that you read and we discussed last week, so much so that you wrote one of your own about fake Christianity. And I want to dive into this a little bit with you, because I think it's fascinating stuff as a Christian uh, and somebody who understands what MTD really is. And I and I have really only come to understand in, in, in reading over the course of the last few days since our last conversation. So, Dr. Piper, you referenced last week we talked about this uh, article by Rachel Bratton in the uh, Western Journal uh, talking about MTD, which is moralistic therapeutic deism, or in short, according to uh, George Barna and others, fake Christianity. What is MTD? And I'm quoting you, quoting Barna. The moralistic perspective is we're here to be good people and to try to do good. The therapeutic aspect is everything is supposed to be geared toward making me feel good about myself, ultimately to make me happy. Deism is the idea that God created the world but has no direct involvement in it. Basically, according to MTD, there is a distant God who just wants everyone to be nice, and the purpose of life is to be happy. You say in your article, Dr. Piper, that there's proof America's religion is no longer that of the apostles. Explain, please. Well, you know, you listen to the description of MTD that you just gave, which is George Barnes. And that is, as you know in my article, I say basically what it is, is a, a amalgamation of Bobby McFerrin, don't worry, be happy, and Black Lives Matter. Let's just queer everything that ails us and we'll all be well. That's essentially what it is. It's not orthodox. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Christianity and Fox, in fact, Dogma is bad. So any dogma, which is the description 
of what Christianity is is a bad thing because Christianity, by definition, is exclusive, not necessarily inclusive. And what do I mean by that? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. That is a very exclusive claim. That's not a great big kumbaya group hug. And as you know, the Apostle Paul, St. Paul, defines Christianity very clearly throughout his epistles. The Gospels define Christianity very clearly throughout the four Gospels. So who defines Christianity? Do you or do I? Or does the Bible and does the Church preserve the history of that definition over the ages? The answer is there has to be an objective definition, an orthodox, a right definition of Christianity. Otherwise, it's chaos. It becomes nothing but your good feelings and mine. And if your feelings and mine run into conflict with one another, who decides? What's the measuring rod outside of those things being measured, to quote C.S. Lewis, that will decide what Christianity is, who's right and who's wrong? MTD, moralistic therapeutic deism, is a fake Christianity because it discards that measuring rod and claims the subjective standard of feelings trump all the facts of historic and biblical dogma. Dr. Piper, um, oftentimes atheists will complain about religion, and even some who are not atheists, they do believe in God, but they have a real hard time with an organized religion, whether it's Christianity or not, um, by basically just saying, that's way too hard. It's way too hard to do all of the things you're talking about. It's much easier to do that uh, MTD-style fake Christianity and just say, look, I'm a good person. I live a good life. I'm nice to other people. I raise my kids right. Uh, what more do you want from me? Isn't that, isn't that all God should really want from me is to be good and to be nice? Isn't that all Jesus, if I'm a Christian, wants from me? And to ask me to do any more than that is just too hard. And that's why they'll turn away from you know the true Christianity you're talking about. What's wrong with that argument? Well, it, it sounds nice. But it's not biblical. So again, we have to go back to what the Bible defines as Christianity and what the Church has preserved over the ages as the definition of that faith. So go, let's go back to the creeds. The creeds are very clear that we believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the triune God, one God and three persons. The, the creeds are very clear about that. The creeds are also clear that it's by faith that we're saved through Christ. It's by faith that we're saved through grace. It is not of ourselves, lest any man should boast. So, and it's also clear in the Bible, now that wasn't a creedal statement, that was a biblical statement, but they overlap and they support one another. The Bible is also clear that it says this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and no one, and that can't be saved unless you repent. The scriptures call for repentance and confession. In other words, you can say that all God expects of me is to be a nice person, but God also demands confession and repentance. And without that confession and repentance, you can't claim to be embracing Christianity. You're defining your own faith. Fine, admit it. Admit that you're making up a new faith, a new religion, but don't claim that it's Christianity because you have no right to change the definition. You have no right to move the target. Again, the Bible is clear. 
for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall be saved, okay, shall have everlasting life. Those are biblical statements. That are, those aren't ever Piper statements. Those aren't Bob Fon statements. That's what the Bible says. The Bible is the rock-bottom definition of Christianity, not you, not me. Let me uh, let me go to another portion uh, of your article uh, and ask for a little clarification on this. You quote Frank Turek, who you call a Christian apologist, who says that some people call themselves progressive Christians when they're neither progressive nor Christian because they disagree with Jesus on several significant issues. They d- disagree with Jesus on sex, disagree with Jesus on the Bible, disagree with Jesus on heaven and hell, disagree with Jesus on his atonement. Why would they call themselves a Christian? Taking the word progressive out of that, what if a Christian does agree with Jesus on sex and agrees with Jesus on the Bible and all of the other things that you said, but doesn't necessarily live according to the biblical code you're talking about? But they do, they do agree. They think he's right, and they do try to live their lives in a positive way as we talk about one that makes them feel good about themselves, this MTD variety. But they agree with Jesus on all of the above, and they say, I really am a good person. I really do believe in Jesus and God. Why can I not call myself a Christian? All right, let's go to the words of Jesus himself in Matthew 7. And by the way, I want the listeners to know, you and I did not prep one another for this. This is a spontaneous, this is a very authentic conversation, give and take. So let's go to the words of Jesus. How does he answer that question? In Matthew 7, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, he says, Many will come to me on that day and say to me, I did this and that in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I preached in your name. I did all of these things in your name. And what does Jesus say to them? Get away from me. I never knew you. Now, that's a very sobering challenge. Jesus himself somehow is telling us that just going out and doing good stuff, even casting out demons in his name, is not going to get us into the kingdom. It's not good enough. So what is good enough? You're not good enough. None of us are good enough. Only Christ and his atonement gives us a position to be able to stand before the throne in the final judgment and have him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And only confession brings us, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That's biblical, that's orthodox, that's Christian dogma, that's the rock bottom definition of Christianity, and anything else is nothing but moralistic, therapeutic deism. Okay, you've uh, you've forced me to ask this last question about this, because again, and this is, I don't want to call it devil's advocacy, because I don't advocate for the devil, but just to throw this out there, um, how do you respond to Christians who say, maybe I don't do it all correct, correctly, excuse me, maybe I don't do it exactly as the Bible says. But if I messed anything up, I will do confession on my deathbed. Those deathbed confessions. Sorry about any of the bad I did. Please forgive me, God. Because you're talking about essentially confession as being the, the linchpin here of true Christianity. Confessing that you are not as, you know, uh, following as uh, Jesus as you should, etc. What if? Uh, what about the deathbed confession? Can we just kind of have one one confession serves and thus saves all? Well, that's an interesting question, because we know that the thief on the cross, the one that actually did confess, uh, deathbed confession, if you will, Jesus said to him, today you will be with me in paradise. So I think the 
thing that we need to consider here is sincerity. Was that Steve sincere? Was he truly repentant? And the answer seems to be clearly yes, because he actually challenged the other thief and said, shut up. You know, who are you? This is the Son of God. This is the Piper paraphrase. We need to be confessing and repenting right now, not ridiculing this man, this God-man who's hanging, hanging on the cross with us. So Jesus actually accepted that man's deathbed confession. But we also know that we're told that if you believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. Another biblical passage. What does Lord mean? It means honoring Christ throughout the course of your life and accepting the fact that he's the leader of your life, not you. Now, does that mean you're perfect? No. The question is one of direction rather than perfection. I would challenge any of us who thinks that we're sinless with this statement. The very fact that you claim to be sinless proves that you're not because you're arrogant. So the question isn't perfection. The question is direction. And is your life directional in terms of trying to be obedient to the directions of Christ and confessing along the way when you fail? Waiting until the end for a deathbed confession when you dishonored the Lordship of Christ intentionally throughout your life puts you in a precarious situation. I wouldn't want to take my claim for heaven on that type of life. Very well answered, very well argued. That's why, and I'm, I'm glad you, you kind of clarified that for the audience, too, by the way. We don't rehearse this stuff. You know, doc, for those who don't know, and you, you should by now, Dr. Piper is a biblical scholar. He can quote chapter and verse. Uh, I can't. I'm a regular guy just trying to figure all this stuff out. But I read Dr. Piper's works, and uh, and uh, it does prompt some some very good conversation that I really hope is meaningful and impactful to everybody listening. Dr. Piper, I sent you this this morning, a story in the American conservative. Somebody, whistleblowers, whatever you want to call them, inside the Kroger Corporation, the Kroger supermarket, has detailed Kroger going full-on woke, particularly over uh, sex, sexuality, and race. Uh, they are all, all about the diversity, equity, and inclusion. It looks like worse than Coca-Cola. It looks like worse than Nike, worse than many of the other corporations and brand names that we have all seen and that many of us have pledged not to spend our money on again. Uh, this, is, this is astounding. Their LGBTQ plus allyship guide is essentially taking freedom of speech away and forcing compelled speech uh, upon all of its employees, uh, all in the name of diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is a monster that they have out there. Your thoughts, sir? You know, I, I have these stories they all are just sounding the same over and over again. They talk about equity and inclusion, tolerance, and affirmation when they don't include you as an equal. They don't fight you. They exclude you rather than include you. If you dare to have a different opinion, a different view, they silence people in the name of free speech. It's a lie. <laughs> All of this LGBTQIABLMSJW alphabet soup of nonsense is a lie. They are sawing off the branch upon which they sit. They're like a dog chasing its tail. It's funny if it isn't so sad. If it weren't so sad, it would be hilarious to watch this circus, this joke, this worldview implode upon itself. The way to address these people, quite frankly, is just to do what Jesus did and ask them a rhetorical question. 
when Jesus was confronted by the nonsense of his day, and I've talked about this before on your show, what did the smartest man that ever walked the face of the earth say? The Son of God himself, the second person of the triune God, who could have won any argument. He knew the answer. He could have crushed any of us in a debate. What did he do? He asked a simple question that forced his opponents to drop their stones and walk away. Why do you call me a Lord? You want to throw the first stone. Jesus asks these questions that expose the lie of the Pharisees and all others, and it silences them because it exposes the duplicity and the hypocrisy, the self-contradiction of their claims. And that's what we need to do in, ter- in the face of this woke religion, because it is nothing but a lie. Yeah, that's very well said. I just, uh, I, you know, what I find troubling about this, uh, Dr. Piper, is not you know, what shoppers are going to do and they're going to boycott this, that, or the other. Because you're right, some of these things these things start to run together and they're all very similar. I, I don't like what it does to existing employees when companies like this go woke. If you are a believer in freedom of speech and a freedom from uh, coerced or compelled speech, freedom of religion, freedom to think for yourself and not have to see and do and say things that they want you to in the name of their wokeness, you you might as well lose your job or you might as well quit your job because they're going to fire you from your job or they're going to reprimand you enough times to the point where you you lose your job anyway. That's what I really feel really feel bad about here. It's not just about, you know, people people have a choice to shop where you want to shop. I don't believe in what Starbucks stands for, so I don't shop at Starbucks. I drink coffee elsewhere. I can shop at a lot of other grocery stores too, but it's the employees, the people who have made their careers at a certain place who then suddenly find themselves in a place they don't even recognize being forced to uh, pick up their lives and move on. I agree with you. And this is going to, what I'm going to say right now is a challenge. Some may consider it heartless, but, you know, it's time for leaders. It's time for people to step up and say, I'm not going to put up with this nonsense. I'm going to challenge it. I'm going to say no. I'm going to be prepared to be articulate and calm in expressing my reasons for saying no. And I'm going to sue you if you don't allow me to practice my constitutional rights. It's time for people to do that and take the lead. And I can tell you this, because in the academy, in the belly of the beast, in the ivory tower, I had to deal with this stuff every day, every minute, every second. And when I stepped forward and said, no, this is nonsense, we're not going to participate in this charade, people flocked to my front door saying, thank you. Our company, i.e. my college, exploded in enrollment and in donor dollars, and in reputation, because our culture is begging for leaders. So I challenge people, lead in the face of these controversies. Don't be silent. In fact, Bonhoeffer said, not to speak is to speak, not to act is to act. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Don't be silent. Speak up. Lead. Outstanding uh, way to wrap this up. We'll have to talk about the Kentucky School District uh, racial uh, curricula next time around. I will uh, make sure to get this in before we're done, though. Dr. Everett Piper's latest book is Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. You need to pick that up. Get on Amazon.com or wherever it is that you find your books. But pick up Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. If you enjoy Dr. Piper's commentary here and in his Washington Times columns, you will absolutely love his books. Dr. Piper, thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Blessings. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. 
It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com for Town Hall. Thanks to American investment and innovation, we produced at least three COVID-19 vaccines that have a real-world effectiveness of over 99% against hospitalization and death. Those vaccines are now readily available everywhere in the country, and half of the nation has become fully immunized. The CDC now wants these Americans, and all Americans, to mask up all over again. The CDC's own data on breakthrough cases, even while the Delta variant dominates, shows that vaccinated people have nearly no risk at all from exposure. By demanding that the vaccinated wear masks, the CDC erodes the incentive among the hesitant to get the vaccine, while setting incentives that practically guarantees perpetual mask mandates a point that has not gone unnoticed by many on the right. Rather than coddle the entire nation with universal mask mandates, the proper policy should be to put the burden of choice on the shoulder of each individual and family. That, after all, is a more American approach. I'm Ed Morrissey. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.